This podcast is also brought to you by Anchor.fm. Anchor.fm is so easy to use. It's simple, it's fast, it's effective. It's the easiest way to distribute your podcast to every major platform and in the quickest way. I've gone through other websites to host podcasts, and it's a pain in the butt. Anchor does it for you. Join Anchor.fm and do your podcast the right way. And if you're looking to start a podcast, contact one of us at ATV Sports, as we're looking for podcasters for nearly every professional sports team right now. If you think you'd be a good fit, you can also apply at our website, www.atbsports.net. This podcast is part of the Big Heads Media Podcast Network. Go to bigheadsmedia.com for more great podcasts. What's going on? It's episode 24 of The Lake Effect. I'm your host, Chandler Adams. As always, we're here to talk about some Cleveland sports. And today, it's our brownies. Um, But before we get into that, I just want to, um, first of all, thank you everyone for listening. But as the uh, season keeps approaching, I if you know somebody that it kind of covers or roots for the teams we're about to play that giving week, given week, let me know. Uh, I would love to get them on the show. I'm going to try to get someone on for every single team. I've got one coming on for the Titans already. Um, also, even more importantly, if you're listening to this and you'd like to come on the show, let me know. Text me. Or DM me on Twitter. Uh, however, email me. But yeah, if you want to hop on this show, let me know. I want to try to get everyone on that wants to come on. Uh, I think that's cool. I think that'd be fun. And uh, but yeah, so if you know someone that's covering another team, you know, or you want to come on the show, you want to talk to Browns, um, let me know. Or if you know someone that's... Uh, you know, covers the Buckeyes or anything like that, that'd be nice. I need to start doing a a little bit on them as you guys have voted that that's what you want. But let's get right into it. Cleveland Browns. What do we see with the Buccaneers? There were some good, there were some bad, but at the end of the day, my opinion is that it's a preseason game and we shouldn't really think that much about it. Here's why. Who remembers 2017, 2016, how awesome we were in the preseason? This is our year, guys. We just went 4-0. We just dominated the preseason. Oh, shit. It's December, and we haven't won a game yet. The preseason is, in my eyes, preseason is good for one thing. That guy that didn't get drafted, he's fighting his ass off to make a team. For that, the preseason's great. Outside of that, it shouldn't even be a thing. You know, the the preseason doesn't teach you that much. Philip Rivers once said, I learned more in one joint practice than I would in 10 or 20 preseason games. You don't see what that other team is going to do during the season. They don't give you the real. They give you a bluff. 
you don't do what you're going to do in the regular season. You bluff the other team. So really, the preseason is strictly for those players that are on the brink to make the roster. Am I a little concerned about the Browns' offensive line? Only because I want Baker Mayfield to be protected, especially in light of what just happened with Andrew Luck. It scares me that Baker Mayfield might not be protected to his full maximum value. But I can promise you that last year, without Odell Beckham Jr., without having Freddie Kitchens the entire year, without having Nick Chubb most of the year, without having Kareem Hunt, Baker Mayfield made Greg Robinson and Chris Hubbard viable tackles in the NFL. There's only a handful of quarterbacks that can do that. Drew Brees, Tom Brady, Russell Wilson's the best at it, Patrick Mahomes, Aaron Rodgers, even guys like Matthew Stafford can play with a subpar offensive line and make them better. Now, when I add Matthew Stafford to that group, Matthew Stafford is not an elite quarterback, but the guy's never had a line in front of him. And he'll still go down as one of the most prolific passers. He hasn't had a single player outside of Calvin Johnson. Baker Mayfield elevated everybody on that team last year. Does getting rid of Kevin Zeitler hurt a little bit? Absolutely. Him and Joel Batonio were the best guard tandem in the NFL last year. But here's the thing. Eric Cush was the fifth best pass efficiency, the fifth most efficient pass blocker in the NFL according to PFF last year. Does that mean he's the fifth best guard in football? Hell to the no. Do I think Baker Mayfield can elevate him to be playable? Yeah. Do I think Baker Mayfield might take a few licks from that right side? Sadly, I do. But here's the thing. They can scheme around it. They did last year. Play action passes. Tight end bumping off. Running backs bumping off. Nick Nick Chubb is a good blocker. If they don't do anything with this offensive line, it's not the end of the world. I think we're forgetting. Baker Mayfield didn't have Odell, Jarvis, Ninjoku. He really didn't have Chubb. He really didn't have Hunt. They're not doing anything with Chubb and Hunt. Running... Running it right between the tackles. That's not at all what Kareem Hunt's strength is. They're hiding what they're going to do. It's a preseason game. When you have Odell, Jarvis, Njoku, Higgins, Strong, Callaway gets out there, Chubb, Hunt, this is going to be a different offensive line. This is no offense to Higgins and Strong, but in what world do you want them as your one and two receiver? You don't. Neither one of them has breakaway speed. Neither one of them is overly strong. I'm telling you, this offensive line will be improved by Baker Mayfield and the cast around him. You think he's going to have to sit in that pocket for five seconds? No. The Chiefs and the Browns are going to have the quickest release time in the NFL, if I had to guess. 
Chiefs, might, the Browns might be first because Tyreek Hill, while he is great slants, he's a deep route specialist. Jarvis Landry and Odell Beckham Jr. are slant route specialists. Now, Odell can do the whole route tree. He's the most talented receiver in the NFL. Ninjoku over the middle. This offensive line, I believe, 100%, would be fine without improvements. That being said, do I want them to improve the offensive line? Yeah. If it's viable to our salary cap, our draft capital, I want Baker Mayfield to be protected like I want him to have the Pentagon security guards around him. If I I want him to be untouchable. When Nasib hit him and Baker somehow bounced off, I about shit my pants. When Sue and whoever was beside Sue, both about tabletop Baker Mayfield, I freaked out. I'm like, here goes his leg. But we have to remember two things. Baker is a great escape artist. And he's going to have so many weapons around him, he's not going to have to hold that ball. But I want to go into some trade scenarios. I have some that have been thrown out there everywhere. But I have a few that I think will turn your guys' heads and make you think a little bit. The first one we're going to do is from Giovanni Ruiz. Once again, go give him a follow on Twitter. Always talking Cleveland Browns. Loves them. Good follow. Great question. He asked about Lyle Collins for the Cowboys. Some people have him as the projected starter. Some people have him as the backup tackle. Right tackle. I mean, he'd be the backup left or right tackle. But some people have him as a starting right tackle. Lyle Collins was graded the 31st, 31st best tackle in the NFL last year. So left and right tackles combined. So, you, you know, there's 64. There's a f- there's more to play because of injuries, but 64 on game week one starting tackles. He was ranked in the top half. He's young. He's 26. It would be a rental because he's a free agent after this year, and I don't think the Browns will want to pay him. But a rental is not bad because as the draft uh, reports are coming out for the 2020 draft already. There's 18 first-round tackle talents beginning of the season. That number's going to get shedded. But as I've looked at it from year to year, I think there's going to be six or seven first-round tackle talents. So a rental is not bad. It just depends on the price you're willing to give up for the rental. Now, if you look at the Cowboys, what's their position of weakness? I know some of you want to say quarterback, but Dak Prescott wins. And I've come out as saying that I wouldn't pay Dak because you need a quarterback to elevate your wide receivers, not a wide receiver that elevates your quarterback. But they're going to pay him. They're stuck with him. So what do you do? You get receivers for him. Well, you went out and got Amari Amari Cooper. Great pickup. A steal. First-round pick. Solid receiver. You're not going to get that in the first round at Amari Cooper's production in year one. You have Michael Gallup. Good. Would he be a better three receiver? Absolutely. What do the Browns have a plethora of that they could trade to the Cowboys? Draft picks and wide receivers. I know people don't want to hear this. Rashard Higgins, 
is a great trade piece. You could dangle him out there and almost anybody in the NFL would want a piece of him. Maybe not the Ravens because they don't know how to, to pass the ball. Now, do I just want to throw Higgins around? No, but there's a lot of things adding up to looking like Higgins might be traded by the Browns. For starters, he has played in nearly every preseason game for a significant amount of minutes. That's strange to me because somebody that good should not be playing as much as he has, especially with the wide receivers on the roster that still need to be proven. I think Strong's made his case, but Higgins, I mean, Ratley, Willies, Sheehy, Hyman, Braxton Miller now, Montgomery, Baker. So it's almost like they're playing Higgins saying, hey, NFL, take a look at him. He's the real deal. And he is the real deal. I just don't think you can afford to pay any more wide receivers because the more I look at it, the more I just think I don't think there's a chance in the world they're trading Jarvis. I think they're going to try to win with the he- with the most allocated wide receiver group in the NFL. I'm not too mad about it. Jarvis and Odell, if healthy, will be a great tandem for years to come. Jarvis's game isn't going to age. I mean, Jarvis's game is going to age well, and he's only 26. So is Odell. Um, but anyway, Lyle Collins for the Cowboys, a very good tackle, would instantly be our best tackle on the roster, I think could be traded for a Higgins or a Callaway, you know, if there's a GM in the league that likes to take risks outside of John Dorsey, it's Jerry Jones. So I think I a, a trade scenario that I'd be okay with would be Lyle Collins for Higgins and a 6th or 7th round pick. Or Lyle Collins for Callaway and a 6th or 7th round pick. If I'm giving up Higgins or Callaway, that draft value is going to go way down. Now, if I get to keep Higgins and Callaway, and they want just a draft pick for Collins, truthfully, I'd be okay with a 3rd or 4th round pick. The odds of a 3rd or 4th round pick turning out are very, 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 very low. And the odds of Lyle Collins being our best tackle and protecting Baker's blind side or the right side are are ver- much, much higher than a third or fourth round pick turning out. And then when he inevitably goes on, or, you know, if he's willing to stay around for seven, six or seven million dollars a year, which I find very, very unlikely, um, you know, we draft a tackle and then move on with our lives we're, we're done with them uh that was a good question though giovanni i i don't see us in there i don't think that that's out of the question um but there's many more offensive tackles on the trade block right now one rumored around um is L- laramie tunzel uh a very good left tackle young I think he's got a few more years left on his contract, so it won't be a rental. Um, Dolphins could just flip for draft capital. They don't want players. They want to suck. You know, Laramie Tunzel is good enough that I'd give up a second, but it would have to be just a second. I'd prefer something more like a, you know, we'll give you a third and a seventh, Um, maybe a fourth and a sixth. Uh, Because those draft picks... 
when it comes down to it, usually aren't very good. You know, someone like John Dorsey, your odds are much higher. But a proven left tackle is worth way more than a third-round pick ever could be, in theory. You know, there's anomalies. But you know what I mean. And Laramie Tunzel, you know, or if you even trade him Greg Robinson, uh, just so they're not sending Josh Rosen out there to die. You have something at left tackle. Greg Robinson was proven last year. I think he would go down significantly if he went to the Dolphins, but, you know, it's a trade piece. Um, so Laramie Tunzel, he would instantly be the Browns' best tackle. Um, he's one of the better tackles in the NFL. He's young. Um, I I would be I would be ecstatic if the Browns got Tunzel. I don't think it's that likely because I think there are going to be a lot of buyers and I think people are going to be willing to pay more than the Browns would. And I'm not too mad about that. I like I said at the beginning of this, I think this offensive line can be fine. A person like a player like Laramie Tunzel would elevate this team to the next level. Um, but I think guys like Drew Forbes, um, Finan Ganafo are the future of this offensive line, possibly. And I even I don't think it's crazy to think Drew Forbes might be a starting guard by the end of the year. But we're gonna move on to Trent Williams. He's not a rumor. He is going to be traded at some point. It's when and where. Um, and just like we saw with Andrew Luck, it's when you're not going to be expecting it. You know, College football is on. People didn't even remember Andrew Luck existed. And all of a sudden, boom, Andrew Luck retired. And you're like, shut up. No, he didn't. And your friend's like, no, he legitimately just retired. And then as a Browns fan, you get immediately excited. It's one less team you have to worry about. And then you start to feel bad for the guy. But Trent Williams will be traded. It's when and where. I'd say the most logical solution or logical piece for the Redskins would be to flip Clowney for Trent Williams. Because um, it's not that they're not willing to pay Trent Williams. It's He doesn't want to be around that medical staff. Now, maybe he doesn't want to be around Houston's medical staff. I know it's a lot of freak injuries, but there's a lot of injuries that happen down there. Watson... Watt, Fuller, a lot of big, um, Lamar Miller, a lot of big injuries happen down there. Now, a medical staff can't prevent ACLs, which is what three of those were. And J.J. Watt just gets the living shit beat out of him. So you think he'd still be fine. I think he just had a problem with the process and saying he was ready when he didn't feel it. I feel it's like a Kawhi Leonard situation. But Trent Williams... I mean, if the Browns could trade Greg Robinson and then the the Redskins just went out and got Dwayne Haskins, who has very few weapons, maybe Greg Robinson and Higgins or Callaway, and then a mid to late round draft pick. Uh, Callaway would probably be the heavier trade piece because he's got more years on his deal. Higgins is is going to need re-signed. But Trent Williams on this ta- on this team, I mean, when Trent Williams is playing, he's a top five to s- seven left tackle in the NFL. That would be a huge pickup for the for the Browns. Huge. 
Um, those are kind of the three that have been talked about often. These next four, five. These next five, I kind of went through rosters, checked their grades, watched their play. Are they fit? Are they able to be traded? I, you know, it just can't be you know the star of a team. That's not realistic. But I have a few on here that I think are very viable options. The first one, LaRaven Clark. He's the backup left tackle for the Colts. He was the 43rd best tackle graded in the NFL last year. He didn't have, you know, eight, 900 snaps like a normal starter does, but he had nearly 400 snaps. He played, a, he played for five to six weeks consistently as a starter. Someone was injured. I don't know if it was um, Brendan or what, or Cast is Cast is on. You, you get the gist. <laughs> uh, but LaRaven Clark, backup left tackle, but he was the 43rd best tackle on nearly 400 snaps, so he's proven he can play. Uh, he's better than Greg Robinson. He's more, way more nimble. Um, now, Greg Robinson is nimble for his size, he, but the, his technique is just awful, Greg Robinson's is. Um, personally, I'm kind of a fan of Greg Robinson, but you know, if we can move Greg Robinson to right tackle get a better left tackle because Chris Hubbard's just not very good. Um, but backup left tackle for the Colts, LaRaven Clark. Keep an eye on that. The Colts are going to want draft capital. The Colts don't want to give up their starting offensive line. You can't have a backup quarterback and a bad offensive line. Jacoby Brissett behind this offensive line still has a chance to succeed somewhat. The other Colts player, Evan Bohm, backup center for the Colts they've got they've got seven to eight deep over in Indianapolis they would not be opposed to getting some draft capital you know if you go six deep on an O-line that's they're all starter quality that's fine um but Bohm had a 70.6 PFF grade on nearly 400 snaps he had just under 375 that's the that was the ninth highest grade for a center in the NFL. I want to say JC was the eighth. Um, he played from their like week eleven to seventeen. That was their stretch. That was their playoff run. He was the starting center and he played great. Played phenomenal. You wouldn't know Ryan Kelly was out. Um, could he move over to right guard? He played center in college. But, you know, center's harder to learn than guard. If you can move him to right guard and get a three-headed monster in that middle again to keep the interior pressure off of Baker would be huge. To allow him to step up in that pocket if the tackles, you know, allow the bend. Or, you know, could he be left guard, move Batonio out to left tackle? That's obviously not what we want. But Batonio would be... One of the better left tackles in the NFL. He's just a great offensive lineman. Uh, but for the Colts, draft picks is all you're going to need to give them, folks. They think they have their wide receiver group. They're set at pretty much every position. And they're going to want a quarterback. The more draft picks they have, the higher up they can move in the draft. 
But at this point, if I'm the Colts, I wait for Trevor Lawrence, try to play this year, and if it doesn't go well, keep getting draft picks. Be in purgatory for a year or two, then go get Trevor Lawrence, keep this offensive line together, bada bing, bada boom. But the next one, and the last one of this uh, trade scenarios, Jason Spriggs of the Packers. He's a backup left tackle. He was graded a 64.7 on 300 snaps. Um, Not elite. Not great. He's on the IR right now for a trap injury. But it's another tackle to throw into the mix to be competitive. Now, this is definitely someone I would not be willing up to give a high draft pick for. A sixth or seventh round pick. I would be okay with giving up. Um, Packers got Bakhtiari and Beluga. They're just fine up there, up north. And I, Out of all these players, the player I would want the most would be Evan Bohm, the center. I would like to move him to right guard. I have faith in Greg Robinson. Then we would just need to fill the right tackle spot. you know. Or if the Browns are happy with Drew Forbes' Improvement so far this offseason. They think give him a few more weeks. Go out there and get your tackle. Go get LaRaven Clark. Play him at right tackle. Chris Hubbard is the issue on this line, in my opinion. I think Eric Cush is playable. He had a bad preseason game against the Buccaneers. But I was listening to an NFL GM on ESPN Radio. I cannot remember who it was. He was an ex-NFL GM, and he said... Every year, people freak out about offensive line play, but it's the hardest thing to mimic in practice. It's like you're at he he um he made it sound like he said if you're at a shooting range, shooting blanks, you don't know what you're hitting. You don't know where the target is. And when you're in the military, Sometimes you'll shoot blanks. Then you're at the shooting range. You start shooting live rounds. It's going to take a second to adjust. You get into an NFL, you get go to go to practice. You think Miles Garrett's trying to kill Greg Robinson? No, at the end of the day, they're still teammates. They're trying to compete. Hell yeah. But you don't give 110%. In an NFL game, he's got Nandamakin Sue coming at him, one of the better tackles in the NFL, and he has he hasn't had live rounds all year. He's gonna look a little rough. Offensive lines take a minute to click, just like tight ends take forever to develop. It's just how it goes. You can't change it. But these are some draft picks that I think could improve this Browns team tremendously. Um, that's all I have for trade scenarios. I'm going to keep this episode right here. Um, I don't want to drag on with it. There's not a whole lot going on in the Browns world right now, so I'll leave it at this. But like I said, once again, thank you so much for listening. You guys have been great. We're well over 2,000 downloads already, about, and only 23 episodes. So you guys have been awesome. I couldn't have asked for more. This kind of started out as something just for fun. Um, it's starting to get a little more serious with the Browns coming around, but again, 
If you know somebody that's a fan of an opposing team or covers the opposing team, let me know. And if you, listeners, want to jump on, Browns, Cavs, Indians, Buckeyes, I'd be more than happy to hear you out. Now, obviously, I can't accept every single person to come on the show. That'd be crazy. But reach out to me because nobody might reach out. You might be the only one. And maybe we can work something out. I'll ask you a few questions, see how you answer it. And uh, we'll go from there. But this is The Lake Effect. I'm your host, Chandler Adams, and thank you for listening.